Thank you again, as Pat said, for joining us this morning for Family Worship Sunday. Uh, my name is Taylor Miso. I'm a deacon and a member of the leadership team here. And uh, as we've been talking about, we are continuing in our series in Jonah this morning. Uh, if you've been here at all for the past uh, few weeks, uh, we've been kind of going sequentially through the book of Jonah, looking at various lessons that the prodigal prophet had to learn in his experience in, in trying to follow the Lord. And uh, Jonah is one of those guys that just kind of has to learn the hard way, right? So maybe you, you can relate to that. I know I can, certainly, in, in different areas in my life. And we're going to see more of the same uh, this morning as we jump in and continue on uh, looking through this book. Uh, so this is part seven, and this morning, uh, the title of the message is Jonah's Love for a Vine. And what we're going to specifically be looking at together this morning in our time is Jonah's love for, and really what became an idol of, comfort, various comforts in his life that prevented him uh, and made it more difficult for him to walk in the will of the Lord. So if I asked you this morning, what does ultimate comfort mean to you? We may all have a different answer to that question. Maybe your answer is Netflix and chill right? Winter evening, cuddled up in a blanket in front of the TV for a good movie, pint of ice cream that you're clearly going to finish the entire thing of by the end of the movie. Maybe you have a hot tub, and that is ultimate comfort. You get to relax in that in the evening. Maybe it's a deep tissue massage. We, we kind of take comfort pretty seriously as a whole in our culture, right? And we, we, we kind of gravitate towards things that make us feel good, make us feel comfortable. Um, I've battled it out for comfort before uh, via the thermostat. If you're married, you may know what that looks like, right? I want it 67, she wants it 69, and we compromise begrudgingly at 68, right? We, we have these little things that crop up in our daily life that at the end of the day it looks kind of ridiculous, but we're so concerned sometimes about our comfort that we actually have these as struggles, right? Jonah had a really rough time learning the hard way, and at this point, if you've been with us the past few weeks and looking through some of his struggles, he's probably ready to just chill. He's probably ready to experience a little bit of comfort in the process that God has been taking him through in this journey. Comfort in and of itself is, is not a problem. It's, it's like anything in life. When we give it a higher pedestal in our lives and we make it an idol— uh, that competes with what God wants for us, that's when it becomes an issue. And we're going to see here this morning that Jonah is wrestling with this fact in his own life. And because of that, God is going to put Jonah through even more steps of refinement to get him to the place where he needs to be in his walk and ultimately fulfilling God's plan for his life. So the lesson this morning in a sentence is this, serving my comfort hinders me from serving God. And that really goes for anything that we uh, serve in life above God, but this morning specifically we'll see that this is what Jonah is struggling with. So I want to begin in Jonah chapter 3 verse 10, and I'll read verse 10 and then uh, chapter 4 verse 1. It says, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, speaking of the city of Nineveh, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So Pastor Pat talked about this segment last week as far as Jonah's anger, and we took a deep 
dive into that aspect of his life. Specifically, what we can see here is that partly Jonah was angered by the change of plans, right? You can see that God did a 180. He sees that the people are repentant, and he decides instead that he's not going to destroy the city of Nineveh. And Jonah sees this and is not happy about it. I'm going to look at three different comforts that Jonah struggled with uh, this morning throughout this passage. And the first one is the comfort of control. I see here that Jonah struggled with not having control over the situation. He thought he knew what was going to happen, and it turns out God's got different plans. If you're like me, I'm a control freak. I know it. If you're a control freak, you probably have a pretty good idea of it because other people probably told you that and said this is a problem, okay? Um, if you're not sure, here are some psychological signs that you may be a control freak. Number one, you refuse or hesitate to delegate. You are inflexible with your schedule. You're a perfectionist. You judge and criticize others often. You routinely correct people when they are wrong. Or you're always right, both. You totally control the finances in your home. And this last one really pinged me. You drive with annoyance and rage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't often have rage on the road, but I can say pretty honestly that almost daily I'm annoyed with somebody when I'm out on the road. Okay? <clears throat> this... This control that Jonah struggled with and that, that comfort that brought him to be in control, if, 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 if you're like me, you know that you are basically able to create some comfort for yourself when you feel like you are in control of something or different aspects of your life. And I think that's what Jonah was resting in here. But ultimately, all of these comforts that we're going to see here this morning stem from a fear of something. And this comfort of control stems from a fear of the unknown a fear of what is to come, a fear of something that I possibly cannot control, and that can be frightening, and I think that was kind of frightening for Jonah at this point. It could make us hesitant to go where God may call us. We see this where Jonah fled to Tarshish, right? He was hesitant to go in accordance with God's calling for his life. It might mean that you're perhaps a little risk adverse when you're making decisions, which doesn't always equal a bad thing. It just means that sometimes when God is calling you to do something that seems risky, you might hesitate a little more than somebody else does because we fear what we can't control. There's a saying, high risk is high reward. Not always, though. Sometimes we take a risk in one way, and, and the reward isn't what it was hoped to be. But with God, high risk is always high reward. If we step out in faith and take a risk with God, it will always result in high reward as we walk in faith. So this morning, if you're like me and you find that you like to control, ask yourself and go before God and ask, you know, what is one area in my life that I feel like I need to give up control in because it is hindering me from walking in the will of God? I was bringing this up with my wife about a week ago, at the dinner table and preparing this message and knowing that I struggle with the need to control uh, in the household in multiple ways. And I was reflecting back thinking, you know, I've, I'm thankful. I've actually feel like I've grown in this over the past few years, particularly having a, a child and just 
inherently then you just can control less things and I've had to give up control of some things and I felt like overall I was pretty happy with my progress over the past few years and I was sharing this with her and saying you know I, I feel like I'm, I've really seen some growth and that's been encouraging to me and I you know like what do you think like have I grown in this and, and the answer was literally un poquito we don't speak Spanish in our house, but it's as if the English language did not have a word to accurately describe how small and how little of a step forward I had taken in this area in my life. And that was, that was it, un poquito. But un poquito, progress, is better than nothing, so I thank God for that. I continue to ask for help to let go of my desire to control things. And I see a lot of similarity here. I think that's why Jonah tended to struggle, is he felt like sometimes he had absolutely no control in what was going on. It was not going his way. Verse 3 in chapter 4 says, this is Jonah's reaction after kind of hashing this out with the Lord. He says, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. So Jonah obviously is not concerned about the people of Nineveh, which is a problem, because obviously God is concerned about the people of Nineveh as a gracious and loving God. And we see here the second comfort that Jonah was clinging to and idolizing in his life, and that is the comfort of esteem, the comfort of being liked by others. I see some of this here where his, his concern was more about what are they going to say if what I said doesn't come true. He was more concerned about his reputation than the fact that God was mercifully pivoting and deciding to spare their lives. It's pretty powerful to think about. We find ourselves sometimes living for the approval of others instead of for the approval of God. We're not comfortable going against the grain of our culture, against popular thought processes in certain topics, right? We'd rather just stay quiet not be picked out for being different, not speaking up for what is true if it's an unpopular decision. Maybe we're afraid of the social repercussions of what may happen if we stand up, if God calls us to do so in a way that is pleasing to him. At work recently, I'm going through a situation that may or may not end up at the point where I may have to stand up and speak against the grain for something uh, in light of what is true and what is uh, biblical. We'll see what happens, but I'm already kind of mentally preparing myself. Knowing that, that's a hesitation of mine. It would be easier to just sit back and say nothing and go with the flow. If God calls me to take a stand, I want to be ready for that and to trust in him for that, knowing that at the end of the day, pleasing God is all that matters. The comfort of esteem comes from the fear of people. Do you have a fear of people in your life that prevents you from doing what God is calling you to do? This can be seen really in multiple facets of our lives, but how you spend your money, how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, how you interact with other people, all of that we know as believers in Jesus should be predicated upon what God wants and what appeals and pleases to God, not what appeases others. In verse 5 of this chapter, 
starting in 5, I'll read through verse 8. It says, Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what, the, what would happen to the city. Okay? And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Finally, things are turning around for Jonah. Not really. Verse 7, but God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And if that was not enough, as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die once again. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Jonah was relieved by the shelter and the comfort of this plant until it was no more. So the third comfort idol in his life is simply the comfort of ease, an easy life and physical comfort. We as Americans have no idea what that's like, right? That should be, that should be funny, okay? <clears throat> We're very well versed as a whole in our society in what physical comfort is and the pursuit of an easy life, right? Um, look at the thousands upon thousands of products that exist and were created simply to make our lives easier or more comfortable physically or more comfortable emotionally in some way, shape, or form. Life as a whole has never been easier for a society due to technological advances than it is now. That doesn't mean that we don't go through individual and personal trials. But when you look around you in your day-to-day -day life, it's amazing to see truly how comfortable we are able to be, right? Cars, electricity, air conditioning. North Dakotans, we love AC, right? We complain how cold it is, and then it hits 75, and we complain how hot it is. We're going to melt if it's anything above 80. Cell phones. Connected devices. I had, to, I had to look around and see, like, you know, how many... I have 13 connected devices in my home that make life more comfortable. Thermostat wars from my couch on the phone with the wife. It makes it even easier. We like it when life is easy. We gravitate towards creature comforts. We don't like not being comfortable. And we're told and sold this idea from our society and from our culture that life is all about the pursuit of comfort. But God never promises that following him is going to be comfortable or easy. Look at Job, probably one of the best examples of this. Job 1.21, he says, the Lord gives and he also takes away. And we see this here in Jonah's life. The Lord provided this plant and then took it away. Why? Because he knew it was in Jonah's best interest to get rid of this idol in his life. He had to once again learn the hard way by losing this. God surely will cause pain in my life and will cause pain in your life at times to rid us of contaminants that get in the way of us being able to fulfill his purposes in our life. And it's tough to not get angry about that sometimes. When that worm kills what you love, it's hard to not get angry. And we see Jonah got angry because of this when the sun started beating down. 
but God had a plan. God knows, right? We have to just trust in his sovereignty that God has the bigger picture for our lives in mind and knows what we need in that moment. It can be a hard life if we are choosing to follow God, but it's worth it for the joy that comes with that hardship in walking in his will. The lesson in a sentence again this morning, serving my comfort hinders me from serving God, and Jonah had to learn this the hard way. Some of us do too. I'm going to close with a quote from Matthew Henry. I was reading through his commentary uh, as he reflected on this passage, and he said this, Inordinate affection lays a foundation for inordinate affliction. What we are over-fond of when we have it, we are apt to over-grieve for when we lose it. And we may see our folly in both. Let us not cling to what is comfortable if it stops us from doing what God has for us. So before we take communion this morning, I want to challenge you before you come up to take the elements that you reflect and ask God, is there any idol in my life? Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's some level of comfort in your life. Maybe it's something else that you just know, like, God, you've convicted me of this, and I know this is getting in the way of your purposes for my life. And come clean with that before the Lord this morning so that you may better and more closely walk with him and surrender. So let me close in prayer, and then uh, we can dismiss row by row to come up and take communion together. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the lessons from Jonah uh, that just apply uh, so closely to to many of our lives, Lord, and our desire and pursuit of comfort. God, culturally, uh, we are so used to that pursuit, and I thank you for showing this through Jonah, Lord, um, ways that we need to be cautious of, Lord, to not let idols of comfort get in the way of what you want to accomplish through our lives. Father God, I pray that this morning every single one of us would just be uh, convicted, Lord, if there's an idol in our lives that needs to be uh, gotten rid of, God, so that we could be more effective for you as your servants. And I just ask that you would um, allow us, God, to be cognizant of, of comforts in our life, Lord, um, that are not allowing us to live to our fullest potential in you. I pray over the rest of our service this morning, and I thank you for this time in your name. Amen.